This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, July 27th, 2014. Radical. Radical Presence. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the (laughs) grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Before I pray, um, I'm just so mindful right now of God's presence. So many of us are going through different things, different challenges. You know, I look out and I know some of it, but certainly not all of it. And it's only with God's presence are we able to even draw our next breath. Isn't that true? Amen. And the Denny family, we are so grateful that you're okay and that God's presence was just all around you as you were on vacation. They were at Cherry Stone where the tornado went through. It was right, right by your, tra- I mean, right there, right next door. We praise God. And we also need to pray for the two people that lost their life and for those who were injured in that. So let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your presence. You know, in the midst of great times, we shout your name and praise your name. In the midst of challenging times, you ask us to do that too. Thank you for today. It's a gift. Thank you that the Denony family is right here, that their kids wanted to go out and help after everything was done. Thank you for their faith. God, everybody in this place, Lord, we're all going through stuff. And so I would ask that you would just quicken our hearts, as Fran said, prick our hearts, so that we might experience you through this psalm, Psalm 139, and celebrate and honor and believe in your presence. We pray this in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen. And so today we conclude our series, Radical, which we focused on several of the psalms. Today we consider God's radical presence in our lives as we focus on Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Mm. Right there at the beginning, the very first words, O Lord. Oh, Lord. Lord, in this case, is the Hebrew word Y-H-W-H. There are no vowels in Hebrew. We generally pronounce that Yahweh, but we're not sure because none of us were there when they used to pronounce it. (laughs) Uh, And the Jews, they don't even say that word. It's too holy, the holy name of God, uh, the official name of God, the, the name of God gave to Moses when he asked who he should tell Pharaoh had sent him. The Lord said, tell him, Yahweh sent you. And so this psalm begins, O Lord, addressing Lord the most holy. O Lord. And from there the psalmist goes on, on a personal one-on-one talk with God and how well God knows him. 
In fact, throughout this psalm, the word know or known, uh, one of the derivatives of known, is used seven times. Know means more than merely having information about. Oh, I know about that. Know is, comes in this um, sense, comes from the Hebrew word yada. And that means to know intimately, very intimately. In fact, in the book of Genesis, when we read that Adam knew his wife and she bore a son named Cain, it's the same word yada if you take it down and look at the Hebrew. So God knows us intimately without that sexual aspect, of course. Mm. O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. God has has known us, not just God you know me, has known, ongoing, from the past, from long before we even knew what was going on. The Lord knows when I sit down and when I stand, when I come, when I go, all my ways. The Lord knows when I'm, what I'm going to say even before I say it. God is before me, behind me, and has his hand on me at all times, even though I may not be aware of it. That God can know me this well is well beyond my comprehension. Too wonderful, the psalmist says. In other words, too full of wonder. Too full of wonder for me to be able to wrap my brain around. You know, God is so far above me, way beyond what I am able to even begin to understand. So let's continue on and take a look at the next chunk of 139, verses 7 through 12. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. And the night is as bright as the day, for the darkness is as light to you. The word omni means all. And, and so over the years, um, God has been described using three omni words. <clears throat> God is omni, excuse me, omniscient, meaning all-knowing. God is omnipresent, meaning all-present. And God is omnipotent, meaning all-powerful. This first section that we're reading here, look, look, the first section we read a couple minutes ago, looked at, at how God is omniscient, that God knows everything, especially everything about me, everything about you. This section focuses on how God is all present. God is there no matter where there is. Whether we're aware of God's presence or not, whether we acknowledge God's presence or not, God is still there. The psalmist asks the question, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? And then he goes on to give examples to show how we cannot flee from God's presence, whether we ascend to heaven or we descend to Sheol or the place of the dead that Jews believed. God is there. We're reminded of Jonah and the great fish 
when the psalmist says that even if I settle at the farthest end limits of the sea, God is there. And that's true for you and me as well. Even when we feel that we're at the very depths, at the bottom of the ocean, so to speak. Even then, we're not beyond the reach of God. Even in the darkness, God is there. Because darkness is not too dark to God. The darkness today, like day. And here we're reminded that Jesus is the light of the world. That even when we feel we are in darkness, even when we wonder if we will ever see light again, and we are reassured that Jesus is the light. And Jesus shines that light on us. In fact... Jesus calls us to allow his light to shine through us. And as the result of that, Jesus, in fact, one time said, you are the light of the world. Radical. Can you say that word? Radical. Radical. Yeah, radical. God's radical presence in our lives. So radical that we are never, never, never. I could keep on saying never, 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 ever beyond God's radical reach. I don't know about you, but that just is like, wow, thank you, God. It's radical because even when we put distance between God and ourselves, even when we do that, when we turn away from God, even when we give up on God, God is still there. I'm going to say that again. Even when we give up on God, God is still there. God doesn't turn God's back on us, ever. God has never given up on us and never will. It's radical because that is so difficult for our minds to comprehend. We try to put God in a context that we understand in that kind of humanness because we turn our backs and we keep score, and we don't. God never does that. God cannot not love you. And so God's presence is always, it's so radical that God was willing to put on flesh and come to earth in the person of Jesus Christ, walk with us, talk with us in order to be in touch to stay in touch, to let us know how much he cares, how much he loves. It's all in here. Read it. Read the stories. Read the stories in Luke where he's, you know, the stories of this personal Jesus who comes to save and to heal. And John, who, you know, Jesus is, is it. He is God. It's all here. Read about it. God wants such an intimate, personal relationship with us to know us. God knows us and wants us to know him the best we can. Once we say yes to that personal relationship that God offers through his son, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. Here's the cool thing. The Holy Spirit resides in us. I mean, that is big stuff. When we say yes, God, you know, pours his Holy Spirit in and through us. Now that's radical presence. The mighty presence of the Holy Spirit in us. Hmm. And so the psalmist continues to talk directly to God one-on-one in a very intimate way and yet full of awe and wonder. 
for it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well, that I know very well. My frame is not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. How weighted to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. I try to count them. <laughs> they are more than the sand. I come to the end. I'm still with you. Omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence. It's all right there. The psalmist focuses on how intimately involved God is in our creation, how God, conceive, how God conceives us long before our parents do. For God knits us together in our mother's womb. I love that image, knitting. My grandmother, knit, I watched her knit. She taught me how to knit one stitch at a time. You know, you have to be careful when you knit. Think about this. I just love that, knitting together. God knit us together one stitch at a time, carefully creating a masterpiece. Mm. Fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what you are. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully, not in the sense we're like afraid and cowering God, but fearful like this, all this like, wow. You know, the fear of God is this all of God overwhelmed by God's power. We're just to revere this reverence for God's power, fully respectful of God's power. Do you respect God's power? I mean, it's so more than we can even, wow, comprehend. Hmm. Be in awe of the power of God. The psalmist says that that he was intricately woven in the depths of the earth. And we're reminded that at the beginning, God scooped up a handful of dirt and, 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 and literally blew life into it. You know, the word for breath and wind and spirit is all the same word in Hebrew, ruach. Blew his spirit into us, blew life into that handful of dirt and created you and me, humankind. Wow. We're reminded that it is from earth that we come, and it is to earth that we someday, each and every one of us, will return. We're also reminded that God knows the day of that return. Knew it before we'd taken our first breath. God knows what it is, even though we don't. And all of our days are in God's hands. Does that mean that, that if we die tragically, that God engineered that? I don't think so. Does that mean that we can live forever <laughs> or however we choose, and it won't affect the number of years that we have? I don't think so. What it means is that God sees the big picture, and God knows the days that we have. As we've said before, we're not puppets on a string. 
And God is not some kind of a puppeteer. But God is all-knowing. And God's thoughts are way beyond our thoughts. Vast is the sum of them, the psalmist tells us. Outnumbering the grains of sand. That's a lot. (laughs) That's an awful lot. And at the end of the day, no matter what happens, we are still with God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's continue on as we take a look at Psalm 139, picking it up at verse 19. Oh, that you would kill the wicked, O God, and that the bloodthirsty would depart from me. Those who speak of you maliciously and lift themselves up against you for evil. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count my enemies. Mm. At first look, at first hearing, this section seems kind of out of place, doesn't it? Seems kind of tacked on, maybe even added by someone later on. It just seems radically different than what we've been reading about the glories and wonders of God. The tone seems different, at least at first. Then on the other hand, when you consider it, the, the psalmist is so aware of God's presence in his life, so aware of God's awesome knowledge and power, that the last thing he wants is for anything to come between himself and God. So much so that he would ask God to even kill the wicked in order to keep them away from him, to keep those who would drain the very lifeblood out of him, those who would speak maliciously of God, those who would raise themselves up in evil ways against the Lord. So strong is this man's love for God that he uses the word hate to describe how he feels about those who hate God. He hates them with perfect, he says, meaning complete, complete hatred. Wow, wow, it's pretty intense, isn't it? He loathes those who rise against his God. If if they are enemies of God's, they are enemies of his as well. Can you feel the absolute passion that this man feels not only for God, but against those who are against God? Very passionate. All right, so is this a model for us to follow? To hate those who rise up against God? I'll tell you the answer. The answer is no. No. God is love, and that is our model. We read in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, in Matthew 5, 43 through 45, and these are the words of Jesus. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. You see, Jesus came and changed, changed things. We must love. Love trumps all. And while we may appreciate the passion that the psalmist has and shares, we are called to a different kind of passion. 
the passion to love even those who are unlovable. The passion of even those who are unlovable. So let's go on. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked in me, any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. I love how this psalm resolves. You see, after focusing on those who are against God, those who oppose God, those who hate God, the psalmist turns it back and starts looking at himself to consider the wicked that might be in him. You know, it's the same as like Jesus says, you know, take the plank out of your own eye. All right. He says, search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Boy, that's, uh, that's really something when you say, test me, Lord. <laughs> I can't say I've been uttering those words lately. <laughs> but all of us have probably been tested at one we time. We are another. all being tested. <laughs> I don't need to ask for more. <laughs> Amen. Test me, God. <laughs> Even though you didn't ask for it. <laughs> yeah. And know my thoughts. If there is wicked in me, help me repent. Turn me from that. Change my ways. Change my heart. Lead me in the way that is honoring to you so that I can be with you all through here and in eternity. And so God love knows us intimately. More intimately than a lover. And God is there with us no matter where, no matter when, all times, all places. And even if we don't feel his presence, he is there. Even if we don't acknowledge his presence, he is there. We can't escape him. <laughs> God designed us long before we were born, knit us together in our mother's womb, and God don't make no junk. God didn't knit up something horrible. <laughs> he knits up good things. God is all-knowing. God is all-powerful. God is all-present. God is radically present in our lives. So God knows us, God is present, but God wants us to know God intimately, more intimately than a lover. That's what God wants. God wants us to be aware of God's presence in our lives. No matter where we are, no matter what we do, God wants us to know how much God cares that God put us together, always remember we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made by God, by God. You know, that's not some bragging boast. That's like acknowledging what God has done, that you are a masterpiece. God does not make mistakes. There are no accidents. We are here, you are here, because God wants you to be here. And so God is with us forever and always, in the here and now, 
in the there and then. In the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, God is there. And God loves us just like we are, but way too much to leave us there. God knows us inside now, good or bad, or good or bad. And still, <laughs> even though he knows us that well, God still loves us. <laughs> Unbelievable, huh? <laughs> and God desires for us to love him. But it's got to be our choosing. We have to choose that. God never forces us to love him. Because that wouldn't be love, would it? It's our choice. And even if we choose to turn from God, even if we choose to ignore God, even if we choose to hold God not so close, God still loves us. And God is still radically present in our lives. He will not let us go. Turn to the person next to you and say, God won't let you go. Now turn to somebody you don't know. <laughs> turn to somebody you don't know and say, God won't let you go. God won't let you go. So... As humans, no matter how close we are to God, there is usually some distance between us, because we're not God. Some distance between us, something that does not allow us to be as intimate as God would desire, and that is sin. Sin gets in the way. Sin keeps us from getting as close as we can to God. And it's important, as the psalmist says, it's important to be aware of our sin, to confess our sin, to turn from it. We can do that each and every day, multiple times a day. I do, like a lot. And that's why at the end of this psalm, it's so important to really take in and soak in. Let's share this together. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The way everlasting. We've come to realize that the way everlasting is Jesus Christ, amen? In fact, he told us when he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. The way to the Father is through me, Jesus shared. And so as we conclude today, we would encourage you to remember, try to repeat, try to focus on those last lines. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me. Any wicked way in me. And then lead me. Lead me. Lead me, Lord, in the way everlasting. And the way everlasting, two words. The way everlasting is Jesus Christ. Can you say it with me? Jesus Christ. The way everlasting is Jesus Christ. Open yourself up. Open yourself up to the one who can lead you. Allow yourself the possibility the possibility of a personal, 
intimate relationship with the one who died on the cross for you. Allow yourself to realize that you're a sinner, just like I am, in need of a Savior. We can't save ourselves. The only one that can save us is Jesus Christ. He is the one he came to save. That's what his name means. Jesus means God saves. And Jesus can save you. Jesus can save me. Jesus is the Savior. That's radical. Amen? Amen. That's radical. Radical presence. That's the good news. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. O most holy God, search me. Search me. Know my heart, our hearts. I would pray that you would open us up to your spirit today, Lord. For those who don't know Jesus, I would encourage, I would ask you that you would allow them to be open to the possibility of that relationship. For those that do know Jesus, I would encourage once again, to be open to going ever deeper in that intimate relationship. Presence, holy presence, Lord, radical presence in our lives. Wow. We thank you, we praise you. In Christ, in your Holy Spirit, all those gathered said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.